Welcome to the Decatur Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that God encourages and ministers to you through this message. Hallelujah. Somebody say, for the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. You believe that tonight? You know, I feel impressed by God. I don't necessarily have like word for word, but I do feel those impressions. And sometimes as ministers, we'll get these impressions and it's not necessarily a word for word, but it is a situational impression of things. And I really feel like the Lord would, would, would help, would tell us to not be afraid of things that are being talked about. Maybe there's things that are being talked about in the media. Maybe there's things that are being talked about on, on, on the news or whatever. But I feel like the Lord would tell you, don't be afraid because he's got you in, the, in his hands. Amen. So take that and allow that to minister to you tonight. Tonight we're going to keep on talking uh, in the same vein of what we spoke about last week. This is the last uh, uh, service that we're going to have like this unless the Lord directs otherwise. We've been doing something since March and it's called Last First Wednesdays. And what we do is we, we allow the youth to come over here because we want this to, them to feel like this is their home as well. And so we have uh, uh, these services that include the youth and all of that. And we're going to be ending this. Tonight's going to be the last night that we do that as far as the last first Wednesday format. We are going to be beginning something on the last uh, Wednesday of this month. And it will continue on the last Wednesday of every month. It's going to be worship nights. And so we're just going to come together as a church body and worship. Just, just come in on that Wednesday, on the last Wednesday of every month. And worship, just get lost in worship and allow God to speak to us in the way that he wants. The only agenda will be to sing praises and worship to God. And God inhabits the praises of his people. That's what the Bible says. And so when we praise and we worship God from our hearts, as he says, that he's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And when we worship him from our hearts and we give him the kind of praise and worship that he wants, he inhabits those praises. What does that mean? That means that he comes to live in those praises. He is present in that moment. When you give God the praises that he's after he is in the room and where the spirit of the Lord is the Bible says there is freedom amen and so there's I I don't know what it is that the Lord is going to do in those services it may just be that we spend time worshiping him and in his presence and 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 that's it and that would be just fine because a moment with God makes up a multitude of uh well Lord I just can't put that into words (laughs) But a moment with the Lord, better is one, what does the Bible say, better, or the song, better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere, amen. Well, let's keep on moving on. Tonight, we're going to continue in the vein of worship and talking about why we do what we do. Now, as people who have maybe been seasoned Christians, you know, it's easy for us to, to understand why we worship, what it is that we do, where it comes from, the heart that's involved. But for those who may not have had much church experience or maybe young in the faith or maybe you, you could be 80 years old, just now born again, never come to church in your whole life and walk into the doors of a church like this and see people with their hands raised and their eyes closed and they're singing and they're rocking. Sometimes, I don't mean like, you know, they're rocking. I mean, like they're like, you know, rocking back and forth or whatever. Or maybe sometimes somebody gets super excited and they start running around the church, you know, and you might be curious about why this kind of thing happens. What on earth is going on in the church that allows that sort of thing to happen? And the best explanation that I heard came from a guy named Eastman Curtis. When I was a, when I was a youth, I went to a, uh, to a youth camp and uh, Eastman Curtis was ministering and there were some amazing things that happened at that camp. Uh, just in short, I used to wear glasses, used to, And then I was believing God for my healing of my eyes. The doctors had looked into the back of my left eye and saw that there was a hole somewhere 
I, I'm not an optometrist. I can't give you the exact explanation of what it was that he saw, but there was a hole there, and it was unfixable. In fact, they said that it was only going to get worse, and it was going to cause my eyesight to get worse over time, and I didn't want that to happen. I was in like the eighth or ninth grade, and I was just starting to get some attention from girls, and then all of a sudden, I get these huge square gold front, gold-rimmed glasses with tortoiseshell across the front of them, and that totally ruins whatever riz or game that I had at that moment. I had none whatsoever. And so I was like, oh, man. And now come to find out those kind of glasses are coming into style. You see people that have that stuff on, and they're like preachers that are cool and dressed like real hip, and they got those glasses on. And I was like, I missed my time, you know? And so I was at this youth camp, and Eastman Curtis was ministering, and he was praying, and he said, if anybody is believing for healing, I believe that the Lord is going to heal them tonight. Come expecting for God to heal you. Why do you expect for God to heal you? Because if you expect him to heal you, you know his word on the matter. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, and also in 1 Peter 2, 24, that by the stripes of Jesus, our healing was attained. We get trapped in words too many times. We were healed. We are healed. We are, we are. The bottom line is when Jesus took those stripes, healing was paid for, and it is a done deal. And so when I saw that in the word and I knew that healing was something that I could believe for, because when you've got God's word on it, then you can believe for it. Because if God said you can have it, he's not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. If God says you can have it, you can have it. And so I was standing there and he said there's going to be a healing service tonight. He explained all the scripture on it. I was like, I can get down with that. And I went forward and I got prayed for and instantly my eyes were healed. Now, I mean, again, I'm in like eighth grade or something like that. My parents know all too well that I don't want to wear these stupid glasses. And so they're like, well, we'll wait for the doctors to tell us that you're healed when you get home. In the meantime, you can continue to wear your glasses at youth camp. I'm like, but there are so many girls here. And these glasses make me look special. Please, can we just fix this, you know? So I had to go home. But when I went home, I got an appointment with the eye doctor. And the eye doctor looked into my eyes. And he said, this is amazing. Now, when your eye doctor looks into your eyes and says, this is amazing, all of a sudden, that gives room for you to get excited in your heart, especially somebody who's believing for healing. He's, this is amazing. What's amazing, doc? What's amazing? And then he switches lenses. Wow. I hear another, wow. You know, and I'm like, what is going on here? And so he finally opts up and says, what's happened is that that hole that was in the back of your eye is no longer there. But there's a tiny, teeny, tiny, little, teeny, minuscule, I think is the word he used, scar right there. Now, somebody might say, well, if God healed you, there wouldn't be a scar. How about this? I choose to look at it this way. The hole was there. There's documented proof. But what if the doctor went back in and didn't see the hole later? The whole excuse could have been made that the hole was never there and he missed it. But because there's a scar that didn't belong there before, now we know that there was a hole, but there is no hole no more. And that's worth getting excited about. So Eastman Curtis, that's just who Eastman Curtis is. <laughs> Eastman Curtis said it like this, bringing it back to worship. He said, there are different experiences that people have when it comes to worship. Some people get excited and some people don't. He says, and the same can be compared to somebody who sticks their finger in an electrical socket. 
As somebody who has grabbed a live wire before, I can tell you that I'm the kind of person I've learned that will become extremely vocal in my displeasure of grabbing the electricity. Ah, why, I have said before, holding on, trying desperately to let go of this. But there are others that may grab that and go, ooh. Same power, same voltage, same wires, different reaction. The same can be applied to worship. Some people realize where they've come from, what God has done for them, how God has delivered them, how God has brought them out of harmful situations, how God has forgiven them, right? How God has raised them up out of situations that seemed hopeless and lost and gone, and there was nothing to look forward to in life. And all of a sudden, they realize that the earth is now something beautiful because God has forgiven them, and they can walk in the fullness of joy knowing that everything that they once did is gone. I'm one of those people because I went to youth camp. I was born again at a young age, but between the ages of 18 and 23, I lived with my head shoved squarely up my butt. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Everybody else is too scared to laugh at that. They're looking for, at Pastor for permission. Is that, is that okay to say? Can he say that? Yeah, he, he did. So it's okay. So anyways, we're, 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 between the ages of 18 and 23, for a five-year period, I lived just like I, I did everything that I wanted to do. I pleased my flesh. I did the things that Ben wanted to do. I didn't do anything that God wanted. But I did. I was very faithful at night to when I went to bed. Lord, please forgive me for all the things that I have done tonight and I plan on doing tomorrow. But just for tonight, in case I happen to die because I drank too much or snorted too much or whatever the case may be, Lord, just forgive me. And God's up there like, for real, dude. <laughs> there wasn't a heartfelt prayer of repentance. It was just an ob obligatory prayer to hope. Hopefully, if I died, I wouldn't go to hell. So between those years of 18 and 23, I lived a very immoral lifestyle. I backslid is something that you hear the church say. I did stupid stuff, very stupid stuff. And I did it really well. I was a professional sinner. But then God forgave me. He met me where I was at. Unexpectedly, God met me in a bar. God met me in a bar. Grabbed me up by the bootstraps, set me on my feet, and said, now let's get back to business. And he cleaned me up. And I'd like to tell you that it's been perfect ever since then, that there's been smooth sailing and I've done nothing wrong. But friends, I'm just like you. There's times that I mess up too. I may say something that I turn around and I see on YouTube and I'm like, oh, dude, I really shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, I may do something, whatever the case may be. And, and, and I have regrets just like you do. But the Bible says that if we confess our sins in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Somebody say faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Somebody say all. all. And cleanse us from all. Somebody say all unrighteousness. What is unrighteousness? Anything that's not righteous. But God forgives you of all of it. If you confess your sins, all you got to do is confess it. That's it. 
So when I get into worship and I get excited and I start jumping or I start shouting or I start sweating or I start whatever the case may be, it's because I am so very grateful to the God that still looked down on this one kid who had been healed, who had gone to youth camp, who had lived the Christian lifestyle, who was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and yet still at 18 years old decided to go his own way. Were you really baptized with the Holy Ghost at a young age? I sure was because when, I, when my youth pastor, Sean Atkins, laid hands on me and prayed for me. I received the Holy Spirit. I spoke with other tongues and I went on mission trips. And I'm telling you, man, I did all the things, all the things, all the things, all the things, all the things. And then still at 18 years old, I backslid. But God brought me back and God forgave me. And so I'm grateful. So when you see me acting foolish up here, It comes from a grateful heart. It's because no longer do I look at what is Ben going to look like if he does this. How is this going to make Ben look if if he's standing up there and his chubby self starts jumping up and down? Honest to God, I used to pick what guitars that I would play on stage based on whether or not I looked fat holding them. I'm not kidding you. There was a long period of time where I would not play a Telecaster because I felt like my fat body dwarfed the size of the Telecaster. And I'm like, I'm going to look like Santa Claus playing a ukulele. This is not a good thing. And so I would base the different things that I would do off of how I looked. Men, when we start losing our hair, what do we do? The first thing we do is comb it over in denial. Inevitably, there comes the day where you're either going to have to face the truth or start combing it from way over here. And when you comb your hair from way over here, the only person that you're fooling is yourself because everybody else is like watching that part go further and further to the side. And secretly, they're out there at the parking lot on a windy day just waiting on you just to see what'll happen. Yeah, exactly. Waving at you from the back row. How you doing? You know, and so you never see us guys go swimming. You never see that kind of stuff happen because when we get out of the pool, it looks like we've got a mullet that kind of went from the back to the side, right? The mullet got confused. But anyways, it all came from a very personal place of what, what's selfish? You know, how will I look doing this? How will I sound doing this? How do I compare to this guy? How do I compare to that guy? But friends, I'm telling you what, there comes a place where you become confident in God because you realize that he whom the son has made free is free indeed. And there is nothing else left on the list with the devil that can charge you with because God has forgiven you of everything. Jesus's blood has erased every sin. The docket is completely cleared. Everything is gone. God has made everything brand new and now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and that's worth shouting about that's where a grateful heart of worship comes from I love to watch Matt play the drums because he's one of the only guys that I've seen that that can get lost in a moment and still stay on beat that's hard (laughs) But he will just absolutely get lost in the presence of God. And Matt's not a drummer by trade. Matt's a guitar player. But that's the evidence of God giving somebody the anointing to do a job that needed to be filled. We didn't have a drummer. Matt was like, I can go boom, dut, boom, dut. 
And then God was like, I see your boom tut, and I raise you. And Matt's like, I'll take it, bring it on. And Matt's faithful to do what God told him to do. And so God keeps on pouring more and keeps on pouring more. And all of a sudden, I don't worry about Matt on Sunday mornings because Matt's going to do everything that God has given them the ability to do. And it's going to be excellent because he's faithful to do what God has given him to work with. And that's his worship. You can worship God on drums. You can worship God with your voice. You can worship him with the high-sounding cymbals, with the brass, with the woodwinds, with the harp, with all the keyboards, with all the voices, with all the stuff. You can worship God with all of it. All of it. Because he created it. And people that get off on this saying that you can't have instruments in church, where is that in the Bible? It's not. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you can't worship God with instruments. As a matter of fact, the Old Testament is full of places that says worship God with instruments. <laughs> True worship comes from a thankful heart. So when you see us worshiping God in the way that we do, it's not coming out of some sort of a freaky preconceived idea about this is how you get God or this is how you get the Holy Ghost. I know that people have been taught all kinds of wild things when it comes to God. Like you got to shake or you got to roll or you got to do this or you got to scream or you got to act crazy or you got to act like God's just hit you in the head or whatever. I've seen, I've been in churches and I've seen all kinds of stuff. I've seen all kinds of ungodly stuff. I mean, Personally, if it's me and God knocks you over, you're probably not going to break something when you fall. But I've seen people that have. And you're like, that probably wasn't God that did that. But I digress. When you worship with God, you worship with spirit and with truth. 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 What is that? That means that you don't make it up. You pull what's in your heart. You come from your heart's reservoir, and you reach down and grab it, and you put it out there. It's a vocalization and a demonstration of the true heart towards God that you have in the appreciation of what it is that he has brought you out of. I love to watch Miss Christina worship because, like, on Sunday mornings, like, I'll be sitting here, and there's, there's, there's some people in the crowd. Now, you all worship in your own ways, but Christina is very, like, out there with the way that she worships. And from a, from, a, from, a, from a worship leader's perspective, when you see somebody that's really getting into it, that's where your eyes go because you're like, well, at least they're getting it, so let's, let's go on, you know? Let's, let's go forward, you know? And you can count on those people, right? That has nothing to do with anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> What I am saying, though, is that don't be afraid to worship God. When we go into these worship nights and we start beginning to have these services, let it come. Don't, don't come in here acting like that you have to have some sort of a special gifting. Don't come in here acting like you have to put on this or put on that or whatever. No, man. All that we expect you to do is to worship God from a true and thankful heart with your whole heart. Allow him to hear the praise from your mouth for the good things that he has done for you. That's all that we expect of you. Amen? Amen. Well, friends, we didn't even get into page one of what we had planned to do tonight. We just spoke whatever it is that the Lord has to speak tonight, and we're going to let it ride. Amen? Amen. Say, for the Lord is good, good. and his mercy endures forever. forever. Do you believe that tonight?
So do I. Father, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, and we give you praise and thank you for the things that you've done in this place. I pray, Father God, that tonight as the people leave, Father, that you would help for them, Father, to come back ready to worship you in spirit and in truth, just like your word says that, Father, you want us to do. Father, we thank you that you've shown yourself to us, that you spoke what you wanted spoken tonight, and we pray, Father, that tonight as they leave, Father, that they leave exactly with what you came, what you brought them here to give them. We love you, we worship you, we praise you and thank you. In the matchless name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. hallelujah.